This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. From baseball's top personalities. The Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players. Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. (laughs) (laughs) You would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. On this edition of A's Unfiltered, we got coaches, but we got coaches from other teams. The manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello. The manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Derek Sheldon. Either of these guys might be later on the NL Manager of the Year. And then Donnie Ecker, the local product, who's now the Rangers bench coach and offensive coordinator. But we're going to start with a guy that we have now met and got to know ever since we were down in San Diego back in 2019 at the winter meetings. We are pulling for him. He's a former athletic and an all-around great guy, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello. The manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, former Oakland Athletic, Terry Lovello, joining us here on A's Cast Live. Always great to have him. As we've been telling people all this time, whenever we have him on, we, we give everybody the option to stream audio or be on video since we basically made this a TV show. Has always requested that we're on video. For sure. My man, how are you? I got a face for video, 100%. Ace fans love you. Don't worry about it. I like to get the beard. It's been going good, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look a little rough, like, you know, upgrade the image to a tough guy. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to tell you this. As we were down spring training and we were doing all of our preview stuff, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the t- who's going to win this and who's going to win that, I said, I have one surprise team in the National League. And I was looking at what the Snakes were doing in the second half of last year, running wild, and we got these new rules, and you got all these all these kids that are super athletes. Will you admit, Cody, tell him, who was my <laughs> my surprise team in the National League will be who? The Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, like, hey, boy, he really cued you up for that one. You had, <laughs> had to go there. Can you imagine if he said, like, I don't even know, the, the, the Dodgers, the Miami, the Miami Marlins. You'd be like, oh, bummer. Wah, wah. Uh, listen, I appreciate that. The Mets and the yeah. highest payroll. What? Yeah. You, um, you've always given us a lot of love. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, we had some lean years here. We had some really lean times. Uh, but we knew, you're right, at the back half of last year, some of our younger prospects had been percolating. And, and uh, they got up here and they performed. They did their job. And it started to translate. We felt very good about this offseason, but it meant working and, and still teaching and going out there for them every single day. And we're watching the improvements right now. It's been a lot of fun for us. Well, I remember the interview that we did in 2019 down in San Diego at the winter meetings at the Manchester Hyatt, where we talked so much about the culture of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Every single day, what it's like to be in that clubhouse, what it's like to be on the field, winning all the little things, teaching these guys. And, yes, there could be some rough moments, and you went through the rough moments. But you talked about building a winning culture, and you have. You have to be proud of yourself, your staff, 
and the organization for what you've built and the fact that everybody believed in it and it's come true. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You remember um, that. I do. I totally remember that. Um, culture is important. Uh, I, I think when you go out there and, and it's a cohesive unit and they believe in the same thing, and culture is really about bringing people together for one common one common reason, and that's to go out and win baseball games and, and just push forward daily. So um, it's like starting a new business, right? You take a chance and you, you do things and say things and you wonder how somebody's going to respond to it. You back it up with some, some good thoughts or ideas and the next thing you know, he's talking about it. And that's kind of what, what's going on. You know, we, we have a couple words in our culture that you don't use every day. It's love, trust, commitment, and effort. Um, you, use, you say love in, the, in sports, it throws people off. But, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl when the Rams won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Every single player, uh, I think McVay was mic'd up. They went up to him, hugged him, and said, I love you, coach. I, I really love you. And I think that's where it starts with us. When you, when you talk about building something special, it's got to be really deep inside of the heart. Love, trust, commitment. And effort. You know what I didn't hear there? Weighted runs created plus, <laughs> OPS plus, uh, O swing percentage. All the data does matter. It does, but yeah. But we're dealing with human beings, and that – there, 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 there's something about human beings coming together. It's more than just numbers. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I love the data. It shows up, and it's real. It's a real thing. But at the end of the day, when you walk into the into the batter's box, there's a that's a human emotion and uh, that's controlling what you're doing and making making sure you believe that you can do it. And when you have a when you have an army of people that are backing you and talking to you and, and, and you built trust and relationship with, you're going to go up there and feel like you're not never alone. And I know the same thing. I'm not wasn't a pitcher, but I've learned a lot about pitching. And I'm sure the pitchers feel the same way. Every time they throw a pitch, Brent Strom and Dan Carlson are with them and executing with them. Brent Strom, when I was growing up in San Diego, the old San Diego School of Baseball, Brent Strom was one of the owners, Alan Trammell, Tony Gwynn. I just think how this guy has been around forever, and no matter where he goes, all the pitchers get better. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you what, it starts with the relationship, and he, he bond, makes a bond with these guys, and uh, he's a pitching guru. He's got ideas and thoughts. That it's just they're bouncing off of, off of his mind and his mind all day long and he comes together with his group of, of teachers the other pitching coaches and they have a good idea to how to make people better every single day and you're right it's not a, it's not any mystery that where he goes success follows so when i think about young players because we're now dealing with a lot of young players you've done with it you've done it for years what is the key they're going to take their lumps there's going to be the issues there's got to be times where you pat them on the back other times you got to kick them in the butt yeah. but what really is the key to helping young players get better um, always being there for them, being accessible, um, you know, providing answers. I think one of the things we really believe in is that I ask the coaches to have good content and I encourage the players to ask why. When I was told to do something when I was a player, it was you did it or else you were out. And I just felt like it wasn't the most creative way for me to go out there and perform. Players are smart today. They're, they're on an information highway. They understand exactly what's going on every single day with them, around them, their friends, their colleagues. And you better find out why when you ask them to do something. Young players are pretty 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 intelligent today uh you know and, and the bottom line is we got to go out there and execute as, as a unit and when we do that good things happen and you look at your division kind of sizing everybody up how do you feel about it um i feel really good uh i i know that the dodgers and the padres are there the giants are always very very um uh lethal they're they're capable of winning getting on winning a lot of games getting on a on a on a, on a string of uh, good moments and you know, I don't want to discount the Rockies either. They have a huge home field uh, advantage up there. And uh, 
Um, we just know we got to take care of our business. I'll tell you the biggest transition for me and us and what we're talking about now is the weight is on us and what's happening in our dugout. At times where we were young and making a lot of mistakes, we'd look across and say, oh, my God, we're playing the Dodgers or, oh, my God, we're playing the Padres. Now it's like we're in our dugout. We're playing our game against the Padres or the Dodgers or the Giants. And I think our guys are growing up and they're maturing. And it goes back to, to, the, to the main thing, you know, being able to ask why, build that relationship, build that trust, build that bond. It's a pretty impressive unit that we have over there in that in that dugout. We, we, we've known Corbin's going to be a superstar. We've been reading about him, right, right? all the mm -hmm. prospects. When he signs and makes the commitment, because people can always say, oh, you could have got a lot more. What does that do for your franchise when he signs for the money that he did and he said, you know what, I'm all in? Well, it's it's he's a pretty impressive person. Um, he's a good man. He's a good, good young man. He's a good human being, and, and that, that went into it as well. So uh, we want to build around him for the next 10 years, and that's what it says. It makes a statement that when you're a good player, you do things right, and you have results, and you're projected to be a good player. He hasn't done a lot yet, but we felt like it was it was he was on the right course. And um, I think it makes a commitment to the rest of the guys. Like, if you're the right guy, we're going to build around you, and we're going to keep keep getting these pieces and get better every single day. Uh, Gallon's not bad, by the way. <laughs> you know, I'll go back to that day. We were in New York at the trade deadline in 19, and we were trading Zach Greinke, and and um, you know, all of a sudden, we, that was the main the main feature trade guy, the trade yeah. piece that we had, because we were a little bit over 500, and we weren't pushing towards making a playoff, and we ended up making a run after the trade deadline, which was really impressive. But there was a small little trade that took place. It was Jazz Chisholm for a guy by the name of Zach Gallon. It, it was very underwhelming and kind of under the radar. Good trade for us. I think about this stadium. I think about your career. I think about the relationships you built here. Yeah. How you kind of grew as a person here. Yeah. So when you, it's been a while, right? You don't come yeah. here all the time. Yeah. What is it like to, when you come back to the old stadium? Well, I answered the question today, you know, who were the – I played for a lot of teams, and I tell everybody that it's not that I wasn't good enough. I just was so popular, everybody wanted me on their team. Yes. The bottom line is <laughs> I was a 26 guy, and I was falling off the <laughs> roster. Um, but I, I, I look back on my year here with such fondness. I had some great teammates, um, Mike Bordick, Scott Brocious, um, Mark McGuire, uh, yeah, the list, Terry Steinbach, the list went on and on and on. And I, I still have, they're, they're still my friends to this day. So I cherish that. But when I walk back into the stadium, it's a lot of the clubbies. You know, it's Mikey Thalbloom, it's yeah. Brian. Uh, it, it's the, the ushers that, that remember me. And it's just, you know, I, I have good, fun memories. We had a good team that year. We just, our pitching kind of fell apart towards the end of the year. But uh, it was a good organization. Billy Bean ran a great organization, and he still does. Well, I got to tell you, we're rooting for you. Thank you. And it's easy. You're in the National League. Right. We can root for you. But exciting. I love the athleticism. I love it. Fearless. Yeah. Fearless athleticism. It's tough to beat. I agree. We're in a good spot. I appreciate that. Thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Derek, how are you? It's good to have you on the program again. Good. Thank you for having me, man. It's good to be back. Well, I got to tell you, we're so happy for you and the success of your guys. You know, when we talked to you down in San Diego at the winter meetings, you talked about a process and the process that you guys have been going through. Just take us through. You went through some tough times. And right now, man, you guys are battling. You're right in this thing. You're just a half came back in the Central. Yeah, we, we've been playing well as of late. I mean, we started off really well and then went through a tough stretch, not only with how we played, with some injuries and our schedule. And over the past uh, probably 10 days, we've started to play better baseball. But 
I, I think your point is, you know, you have a process when you come in and, and Ben Charrington had one when we started four years ago. And I think we're starting to see uh, a little bit of the fruits of that. Yeah, another five-game winning streak. So this is another long winning streak for you. And and you try and tell the fans, like, even if you get out to a hot start, there's going to be a bunchy, a, a bumpy patch. But then it's how do you write that? Just how proud are you of your team? Hot start, bumpy patch, and now you're back. Yeah, I'm really proud of our group. They're a resilient group. They play hard. Uh, you know, they get after it every day. And I think the one thing for a lot of our young players, because we have, you know, we have one of the youngest rosters in baseball is just realizing it's a long season and you cannot get too high and you cannot get too low. And we have to just make sure we maintain all the time. That's a great point because, you know, maybe you get caught up on it when things are going real well, but you know, that's the reason why we have what we call the dog days is yeah, you're going to go through and here comes the humidity. Here comes the heat. It's going to be tough. It's going to be July. It's going to be August. It's going to be September. What's it like taking a young team through that type of journey? Well, I think the biggest thing that we've added this year is we've added veteran players in, in you know, McCutcheon and Santana and Rich Hill and Austin yeah. Hedges. So we, we have guys that have been through that. So it's easier for myself and for the staff that we're not having to handle every situation, which over the last three years, that's kind of how it's been. Now we have some veteran players that can stand up and be like, Hey man, it's going to be a grind. And uh, you know, you got to continue to go. And when it comes from uh, peers, it's something that really resonates more. When you talk about Andrew McCutcheon, it was sad to see him leave Pittsburgh and now he comes back and he's about to get his 2000th hit. And we, you know, we've talked about, you know, his situation, he, he wish it would have all been in a Pittsburgh uniform. But when he came back and he got back into your clubhouse, what it, what did that mean to your group? Well, I think it meant not only a lot to our group, but to our city. You know, this was a guy that didn't want to leave, that still lives here. You know, obviously he left and kept, Brian Reynolds actually came in a trade for him. So uh, the fact they're both on the field together is really important. But what it meant for our clubhouse was a lot of these young players, when they thought about the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's the guy they thought about. They thought about the guy that had won the MVP and won gold gloves and been the cornerstone of, a, uh, of an organization. And when he came back, it was like, all right, this is real. We're playing with a guy that played in our division last year, had the opportunity to go to multiple places this offseason, and he decided to come back here. Uh, so I think that's really important for our young players to realize that, you know, when they walk down the hall and see his picture on the wall because he's won an MVP and it's a guy that wants to be here and thinks we can win here, that's really uh, impactful. Yeah, I, I think about Cody, our producer from Pittsburgh. He's there in the press box right now. We've been showing, by the way, we're at, so we have cameras up in the press box right now showing PNC Park in the background. I mean, we, we've been to all the ballparks in the big leagues, and I've been to all the NFL stadiums working in the NFL. I, I don't think there is any – I mean, you go to it every day, you're spoiled, but is there anything better than the backdrop at PNC Park? No, I think Cody will tell you that. I mean, you know, realizing from meeting him this winter in San Diego that he's from here, we have the prettiest ballpark in America. And to be able to come and, and look at this skyline, and if you get it on a good night uh, in the summertime, about 7.25 – it's like the whole city lights up behind it with just a natural glow. And it, it's beautiful. And, you know, the only problem we have is 
everybody wants to come see our ballpark. So it ends up becoming a destination for opposing teams and their fans. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't get much better than uh, than PNC. By the way, the highlights don't do it justice because so where our camera is, we can see the Allegheny River. My God, what a poke that is for some of these guys who have been able to hit it in the river. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you guys are in the Bay Area and you see what it's like in San Francisco. But uh, to get a ball in the Allegheny here, you got to pretty get it pretty flush. Yeah, back to McCutcheon. It's just not like you're bringing a guy back who's like a ceremonial former great player. He's still highly productive for you. 100%. And I think that's one of the things when, when you know, Ben and I started talking about it in the offseason and when Kutch and I talked about it, 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 this isn't a farewell tour. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's running out an 815 OPS, uh, has been is one of our, if not our most consistent performer all year long, uh, and is a really good player. So that was something that was really important to us too. You know, we're not in the in the area in our development or our process where we can bring a guy back on a farewell tour. We need production, and, and Kutch has done all of that. So I look at your ball club off to a hot start right now. You're right there at first place. I see you as one of the teams that's going to be there all season long battling for the postseason, if not winning your division, how important was it to get Reynolds contract out of the way? Cause it got old. If we're hearing about every day, I can't imagine what you guys were dealing with every way, dealing with it every single day. And as we all know, distractions in the clubhouse with the media, with everybody, it's no good. Yeah, it's no good. I mean, obviously there was a trade request and, in you know, there, there's a business aspect to everything. Brian wanted to be here. And ultimately it came down to Brian, make Brian making the decision that this is where he wanted to play. And he wanted to be here for a long time because of what we were doing, uh, his buy-in to our process. And then on the flip side of it, you know, our ownership group committing a, a lot of money. To, to keeping a player here that we really believe in. And, and, you know, sometimes when the business aspects gets involved, it can take a little bit longer. But I think the fact that there was commitment on both sides and both sides wanted this to happen, we ultimately got it done. And it's really good for the Pirates. It's really good for Brian Reynolds. And it's really good for Pirates fans. All right, we'll give you two more because we truly appreciate your time. We know you're busy. Uh, when I think about your team and what we're going to see the next couple days, Sometimes a lot of people won't talk about it. They glance over it. But, boy, your bullpen has really been hot for you guys. Yeah, our bullpen's been a strength for us, uh, you know, all year long, and especially the last two weeks. They've really pitched well. We've had a couple situations where they've had to cover almost entire games, uh, you know, especially in the St. Louis series. And I think the biggest thing about it is we've seen guys get better. We've seen guys that have started in non-leverage situations and are now pitching in leverage situations, sometimes at the end of the game. Uh, and they just keep getting better. And that's really important for a club like ours. And let's end on this. Obviously, you know, the A's coming in 12 and 49. It's a historic bad start. We talk about your good start. It's a historic bad start. And you know what, what a proud franchise this is. You understand what it's like to have some tough seasons, to grind it, but you're constantly building, building to get better. If you had general advice for all of us in our A's world about the process and getting better, what would that advice be? Well, I think there's two parts to it. You stick to the process, and sometimes that's hard for fans to hear. Uh, I think one of the things we learned in Pittsburgh, as long as you outline it and, and say, like, hey, we realize we're building towards something and stay consistent with it, and then the second thing about it is I think you guys have a really good leader at the top in, in, in Kase. 
you know, a guy that comes in every day, has a good mindset, stays positive because you have to stay positive in that respect. And, you know, you guys have really done a good job identifying Cots as that person to lead it. And it's hard, but you got to have broad shoulders. And he does. Yeah, it is. You know, that's the thing. And, and we do the Mark. I, I talk to him every week. It's the Mark Kotze show. I mean, you're the manager. It's not like like you just turn this off, go home, and get a good night's sleep. You're grinding every single game, every single move, pitch, everything, and you take it home. People don't realize as a manager how much you wear it on all day long, every day, all day. Yeah, that's 100%. I mean, you said good night's sleep. I don't think I've had one of those in about four years. And uh, the, the, the person that, that and, and I can tell you this from experience, but for the person that's at the, the top being consistent, and, and I think, again, that's why you guys haven't caught because he is consistent. And like you said, you talk to him every week, and I guarantee you that he has not changed one bit, regardless if it's, you know, a good day or a bad day. And that's really important for your group, and it's really important for your fan base. Well, I got to tell you, you got a fan club out here ever since we met you down at the winter meetings in San Diego. And, of course, Cody being a super pirate fan. Uh, we're talking about you guys all the time. We're rooting for you. So, good luck. Let's talk later in the season. But keep it going. You're off to a great start. All right. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, glad Cody got a chance to come home and uh, see this beautiful city again. Take care. Be well. Thank you. Donnie, how are you? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's. Good to see you again. Chris, how are you? I'm well. Last time I saw you was at the uh, Santa Clara banquet. <laughs> That's it, man. We had uh, we had good seats. It's nice to uh, nice to be close to you. Yeah, that was that that was really special for you, family, and everything to come back home and be honored. What 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 did that mean to you? You know, obviously you're just with the Giants, but what did it mean to be honored back in base essentially back home? I guess it's uh, in simplest terms, it's. <clears throat> Things come full circle, and it's really what it's all about is the community that, you know, had a part in um, teaching me everything that I know, and, and really the community made me. So less about personally being recognized, and I think more about circling back, and then, you know, there's a responsibility now where it's it's to pass it on to the next generation. And, um, you know, part of this is is making them proud and, and you know, hopefully building a career and, and uh, creating value for other people that, that makes the community proud of me as well you know i'll say this i know that uh i've never met you personally but i've met a lot of uh river cap players that knew you and that talked about you and they 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 raved about you uh, mm -hmm. just your communication the way you work with them and uh so it's it's good it's good to meet you but with this this particular team you look at with josh young and some of these younger players they seem to be kind of all working together and kind of all kind of getting better at the same time and it's that's been just my impression of this club is that uh they're all starting to come into their own at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think that's the goal. And um, there's kind of this misunderstanding that when you get to the big leagues, you've arrived where we want to just focus on continuous player development. So, you know, our, our freshmen or our, um, our rookie quarterbacks that are rookies now are uh, doing different things at the line of scrimmage than Marcus Simeon. So it's just about taking players through their journey. Um, but let's also set a standard where we are continuously, you know, pushing the boundaries on, on developing these guys. So there's no sitting back here and just, you know, uh, see ball, hit ball, letting right. them. We got to the play. big leagues, we're fine, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's time to get better. And, and um, you know, I think that starts with our whole organization, just that mindset from, from Chris Young. So we identify those types of people and we set up those types of systems and we do what we do. It's great. 
you know, when I think about your job title, I mean, we understand bench coach. We understand hitting coach. Take us through, because we all love football. We know what the offensive coordinator does in the National Football League, designs all the plays, and what are we going to run? What is an offensive coordinator like? When that title came to you, what is offensive coordinator? You know, it's really, um, if you think of like a 30,000 square foot view, um, coordinate the entire system. So what we do from the Dominican through A-ball to double-A, triple-A, all up to the big league. So it's really creating a system. And, you know, the biggest part of the, the coordinator side, I think, is um, is the behaviors that we attach to that system. So what it looks like to lead a meeting in the Dominican, what it looks like to um, build feedback loops for these players to stay on a nice roadmap to Arlington. So a healthy amount of organization and then you know building leaders in our hidden department that can run their units and, and kind of take guys through their journey so it, it's less about um figuring out if we're going to run the slant or the vertical against you know a uh, man-to-man or as uh, cover two but more about thinking about this thing um, almost in a business sense how do we set up a really healthy system to take guys through their journey and, and get them ready for the big leagues well, yeah, your goal line offense this year, I mean, well, you guys in the red zone are incredible. No, but I, I think it's really interesting because what you're doing is it's the same message. It's like you're creating – we talked about it for years with the Dodger way or the Oriole way. It's like you guys are creating your own Ranger way. So whether you're an A-ball or you said the Dominican or A-ball or double you know coming up the message what you guys want. Talk about how important that just true structure throughout the organization is that everybody's on the same page. I mean, you said it, you said it perfectly. Um, and it starts above us, right? It's, uh, you know, it's Chris Young's leadership. It is, it's not an option here. So we are going to be aligned um, and we're going to have unity. So when you thin slice that to the offensive group, um, we're just executing on the, the leadership above us. So alignment and unity in our offensive system is, is no different than anything else we do here. But um, to your point, it's, once again, it's it's not even key. It's just there is no other option. So, and that those first principles for our personnel are are based off of value creation. So, if everything we're going to do is in the best interest of helping these players and the organization create value, then it really takes what it takes. One more for you. With, with uh, I want to ask you about about Boach because he. You know, it took the perfect job for him. It's going to take the perfect job for me to come back, right? And talk to Chris Young, and here, here's a master, masterful. Just every single move he makes, he just, he just, his baseball intelligence is off the charts. What have you, what have you seen from Boach? And I know he's created that calm mm. in the clubhouse. Uh, nobody better at managing a bullpen. You know, Katsi knows him so well. But what, if you could just kind of talk about Boach a little bit and his his presence and what he means to this team. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not an emotional person, but when, when people ask me questions about him, I do get a little emotional. Um, just to think of me being in my, my mid-30s, if I have a selfish moment here, it's how lucky am I to just work with him and watch him. Yeah. So the resume, the, um, the person, it's, it's off the charts. Um, and so when you get in the trenches with him day to day, there's an ultra competitor in there. I mean, do not get it twisted for the, the stoicism that he shows. This guy is... Um, he's not just sitting back. So he, he wants to win. He wants to win every pitch. He wants to know the game plans. He, he's uh, totally invested. But I, uh, you know, personally, I went out and just bought a notebook. It's just a Bochy notebook. So um, everything he <laughs> says and does, I try to document it. That's and, um, awesome. You know, we're all just very lucky. We're lucky that he wanted to get back in the game. Um, we're fortunate, once again, that, you know, Chris Young, 
I think it uh, means a lot to Boach to have a, a somebody that's been through the fire and, and can see this thing through a player's lens. Um, yeah, Boach, he, he lowers anxiety just naturally. And if you think of one of the, the, to me, one of the biggest influences of playing consistent offense is how people behave around you. So mm -hmm. Boach isn't freaking out when somebody strikes out. He's, he's not throwing a table. Um, he's just very calm and, and very consistent. And, 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 you know, you see the, the players mimic that. Great. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that course. answer. That was great. All right. Listen, we uh, – Donnie, thanks a lot. Thank we you. appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate yeah. you. Now, what a solid group, these guys. We'd like to thank Tori Lovello, Derek Shelton, and Donnie Ecker for all stopping by A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.